Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and my guest today is Dr. Peter Henry, Chief Medical Officer at Essentia Health. Dr. Henry, welcome back to Community Focus. Well, thank you, Ken, and I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to connect with our patients and our community. Yeah. Um, we're here today to talk about the vaccines, and we continue to hear about uh, hesitancy from some about getting the vaccine, but it's important that we all do so, isn't it? Uh, very much so. There, you know, there are five key benefits to the vaccine. Number one, it will reduce significantly your likelihood of getting COVID. Uh, and even uh, probably more importantly, it reduces your likelihood of having a severe disease, being ended up in a hospital on a ventilator, and obviously it reduces your risk of death as well. The more people we get vaccinated, the less likelihood there's transmission to those people that are at most risk, the people that have compromised immune systems. And we know eventually we need to get to the numbers where herd immunity will actually reduce the likelihood of COVID being spread and also reduce the likelihood of variants as well. Yeah, you've given very good reasons there. Let's flesh those out a little bit. I know there is a certain amount of people in our population who might be battling cancer or other severe illnesses can't get that vaccine right now or for whatever reason, uh, you know, immune system that's compromised. We want to keep them safe. Well, I, I think that's one of the uh, misinformation. You know, people who have immune system issues or take medications that compromise their immune system for treatment of these diseases can get the vaccine in the great, great majority of the instances. The difficulty is because of their immune system not functioning properly, they don't make the same antibody responses as an otherwise person who doesn't have an immune system problem. Okay. Yeah, but so therefore they, uh, even if they get the vaccine, have a little bit reduced protection, although they have some protection, but they also have greater risk if they get the disease of being able to, uh, to fight that viral infection. And we know that not only are there these patients, but we have staff in our facilities that are, have immune system uh, compromise as well as take medications as well. So we want to protect the patients, obviously, that come into our facility. We want to protect the, uh, the staff that work in our facility that take care of those patients. We hear people talk about they, they're not sure if it's safe. We know it's safe. The data is there, isn't it? There's a lot of mis misinformation about the vaccine safety. Yeah. This is one of the most safe vaccines ever brought to market. And one of the key things is, is that people think this is new technology. But back when the first SARS virus was discovered in uh, the year 2001, they started looking at the vaccine technology, the messenger RNA at that time. And so it's not something new that they just in the last year and a half have been looking at. And secondly, there's lots and lots of data. Normally, when a vaccine comes to market, you have to find the number of people who have either gotten the disease or received the vaccine and then compare how effective is the vaccine. In the case of a pandemic, we had millions of people very quickly in a short period of time contract the disease. And now with the vaccine availability, millions of people who can get the vaccine and we can show that the effectiveness of this vaccine is very, very good as far as serious illness, keeping you out of the hospital and also reducing the risk of getting the disease. But more importantly, we can also know that the adverse effects from the vaccine, which have been very much overinflated, uh, are very, very few. It's a very, very safe vaccine. Yeah. Uh, you also talked about the fact that uh, we need to 
tamp this down again because the hospitals are filling up and that really starts to cause some issues, doesn't it? Well, across the state of Minnesota and in our footprint at Essential Health in Wisconsin as well as North Dakota and across the country, our hospitals are overflowing. Uh, the average daily hospitalizations just related to COVID in this country are 100,000. And here in the state of Minnesota right now, there are 700 and roughly 19 people hospitalized with COVID. Along with that, we have the many people who have acute and severe illness that has been, uh, they have delayed care due to the pandemic. And so the acuity of the patients that we see, they're sicker, they're in the hospital longer, they're more difficult to treat. Uh, and then you take that and add the patients who have COVID-19, our staff is very, very tired. Uh, they have dedicated, phenomenal nursing staff, physicians, advanced practice clinicians, and then all of the ancillary people that help them, the laboratory people, the respiratory therapists, and the many other people are working extra shifts over time to take care of those individuals. And we need to help keep the people that can stay out of the hospital, out of the hospital, and then have the ability to care for those that need to be in the hospital uh, and, and have the staff and, and the beds available to do so. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned that uh, if we can tamp this uh, uh, virus down, we don't give it the chance to mutate again. There's a real danger here uh, with enough of it traveling from person to person, yet those that aren't vaccinated, it could mutate into something that is beyond the scope of these vaccines right now. That's and we start from ground zero, right? Correct. And, then, and, and people will utilize it saying, well, that mutation and the vaccine become less effective. If it mutates natural immunity, which many people state is that's the reason I'm not getting the vaccine, they also will get, be at risk as well. Because as va viruses mutate uh, in the worst case scenario, then the vaccine doesn't become protective and also prior infection doesn't become protective either. I've I had some people ask uh, recently because now we're getting into the flu season. Uh, we could see that really jump up. I know flu shots are important, too. And the question somebody asked me is, can I get the flu shot and the COVID vaccine? So when the vaccine was first being tested and brought to market, there was a uh, recommendation to wait 14 days uh, before or after a, another vaccination. We now know that they can be administered. There's much data on there that can be administered together. So, yes, you can get the influenza shot and the COVID vaccine at the same time. I think many people sometimes elect to do so because, as we know, many vaccines cause transient side effects such as headache, low-grade fever, muscle aches, pain at the site of the injection, fatigue. Um, that isn't magnified by getting more than one vaccine at a time. Uh, so people wanted to say, well, if I'm going to get vaccinated, I'll get them both at the same time. And I would encourage that, especially as you talked about influenza is increasing, uh, as we see that in our winter months. If we already are have at capacity dealing with the backlog of patients that have delayed care, along with increased COVID patients, and then you add influenza hospitalizations on top of that, that's going to put more stress on the healthcare system. Another good reason to get the COVID vaccine. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there's so much disinformation and misinformation. How do we, how do we combat that? We're, we're having you here today in hopes of shedding some light on the truth, but it's, it's, it's an uphill battle, isn't it? It is. And, I, you know, there was an author, his name is Tom Nichols, and he quoted the phrase, the death of expertise. And uh, what we want people to do is go to reputable sources for health care information. And if they don't want to go to the CDC website, there are some phenomenal 
uh, sites. Our website at Essential Health has uh, great information on the vaccine, uh, the, the treatments for the virus, the symptoms of the virus, ability to get testing. But Mayo Clinic, uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, Cleveland Clinic, world-renowned healthcare experts who have studied virology and epidemiology and are, are the trusted experts that know this information. That's where you want to get your source. Just Googling and finding somebody on the internet you think is now a new expert isn't the way to get the proper healthcare information. We want you to come to our website or go to a well-respected well website to get that information about the vaccine. Yeah. Um, this is uh, one of those things where I think uh, in, uh, the older generation was so quick to jump on board and get that shot. And I think it's because of their history when you think about polio and over the years the vaccines that they trusted and work so well. This vaccine is really no different, is it? It works very well. In fact, I've heard it's better than even the polio vaccine was in terms of efficacy. Very much so. Uh, and I think that's one factor, obviously, because uh, people who are older have experienced some of these significant uh, outbreaks and viral illnesses that killed hundreds of thousands or millions of people. But also, I think they very early on, we recognize that uh, the older you are, the greater the risk of dying or having severe complications from COVID-19. So I, I think... People are somewhat lulled into that uh, when they look at a statistic, for example, they say, well, you know, the death rate, and I've seen people quote this, the death rate from COVID vaccine for anybody over the age of 70 for all comers is only 95%. My question is to those individuals, who are the five people in your life that you're willing to sacrifice? Who's the one person that you can save if you get a vaccine? Uh, those five individuals that are 70 plus that have that likelihood of dying contracting the vaccine mean something to somebody and an individual, a family. They're a parent, a grandparent, a child, a friend. And I think that's the mentality we have to think. We have more younger people hospitalized in our facilities right now than we have ever had. And the reason being is, is that they have a higher percentage of being unvaccinated. We still get vaccinated individuals over 65, 70 in our hospitals, but at a much, much lower rate, almost five times less likely to get hospitalized if you're vaccinated 65 and older. If you're younger than that, in that 44, 45 to 55, your chance of being hospitalized if you get COVID-19 are almost 30 times greater. Ooh. And that's what we need to impress upon is that we have a long ways to go to get enough people vaccinated and, and uh, create herd immunity, but also reduce the stress on the healthcare system. It becomes real when it's one of the, your family members, uh, it's one of your friends. It's not as real when you just read a statistic. Yeah, that's very true. And this Delta variant that is fueling the second uh, peak, if you will, is truly indiscriminate when it comes to age. Correct. You know, there's a there's still, I think, more information we need to learn about the Delta variant, but what we do know is it's very contagious. It's a much more contagious virus than the original vac, uh, virus that was out there. Mm. Similar to uh, along the line of probably measles as far as it's contractive, uh, how uh, infective it is. Mm. Uh, as to the severity of illness, uh, I think that there's some question about that, but we do know that we now have more children hospitalized with this particular vaccine variant, which is about 85% of the variants that are currently going around in the United States. So there is a component that this does and is indiscriminate, as you, as you talked about. It doesn't impact younger age populations. Yeah. And we're seeing that 
in our own facilities at Essential Health, but we're seeing that in the state and across the country. Uh, uh, my granddaughter is 15, and her mom and dad said, let's get that shot right away. She wanted to play sports and so on at the high school. It is important for those that can get it, even at that age, to get that shot, isn't it? Well, it kind of goes through those five main reasons to get the vaccine, and that's to protect the people that are in your family, that are your close friends, the people who are at risk. I have adult children. Uh, all three of them have been vaccinated. Uh, that's great because then that reduces my risk as an older individual uh, to, to contract the disease. Yeah. My yeah. kids all did the same, and they did it yeah. for their mom and dad. Yes. Um, if you will, what's the latest that you've heard on uh, the vaccine that's being developed for those 12 and under? Well, there's still a lot of work to be done because they still have to do those studies. They have to get enough information uh, on the use of those vaccines. There are two messenger RNA vaccines, as all people, I think most people know, vice, uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna. There is also, though, what's called a viral vector vaccine, and that's the J&J or Janssen, also very effective. And then uh, Novavax is coming out, and that's called an antigen uh, vaccine. It's probably more familiar technology uh, that is... Uh, similar to what we've been using for hepatitis B for probably almost 22 years. But the viral vector vaccine technology that's in Johnson & Johnson, that's been used for decades. So those people that may have reservations about the messenger RNA, I personally do not. I received the Pfizer vaccine myself personally. Uh, I think it's completely safe. The technology is there. They've been studying it for 20 plus years. But you know there are options available. Hopefully Novavax will become available. Well, we're probably three, four months at a minimum before that will be available. I encourage people, to go out and get the vaccine that they're comfortable with right now, either Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, or the Moderna, uh, and do it as quickly as possible. There's plenty of supply right now. Excellent. And I believe it's easier than ever to get it, and we shouldn't mention that it's free. Yes, very much so. It is easier. Uh, lots of retail pharmacies. Obviously, we have it at our healthcare systems and all of our ambulatory clinics. Uh, we provide it to people that are in the hospital that it's appropriate for as well before yeah. they're discharged. And I know just at Essentia Health, I saw a press release recently. I mean, it's right there at the pharmacy. We can almost walk in correct. and get the shot, right? You can walk in and get the shot at all of our ambulatory pharmacy sites, correct? You yeah. don't need an appointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've covered a lot of territory here. Bottom line, like you say, I, I like your statement about, um, and I've said this, I, I've heard too many people say, it's my right. Uh, I can do what I want, but really we have to think about we in this more than anything when it's a pandemic, don't we? I, I, I believe we do. You know, I, as a healthcare professional and working for a healthcare organization, uh, our number one duty is to do no harm. And so we are uh, requiring this as a condition of employment in our organization. We did this because we know that there is data that shows that there's been staff-to-staff -staff transmission, staff-to-patient transmission, and patient-to-staff transmission of this virus within our facilities and other facilities across the country. Despite the best uh, in, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment, hand washing, and so forth, this is a contagious virus. We have the obligation to do no harm and to preserve the sanctity of life. And that's really what our mission needs to be. People will come to our facility, they will be safe, and we will do everything in our power to help them to be better and to remain safe while they're in our organization and facilities. Yeah, and, and what you just said actually applies to all of us. 
if if we can all get this vaccine, we keep each other safe. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Well, doctor, is there anything else that our listeners might need to know um, about the vaccine, about the importance of getting it? I, I think not so much about the vaccine. We've talked a lot about that. One of the things I do want people to know is, you know, it's still there. We had uh, almost 3,000 cases of new COVID cases just in Minnesota yesterday. Uh, if you get uh, symptoms, please get tested. If you test positive, please stay home. You don't need to come to the emergency department if you uh, are not having severe symptoms. We have lots of options to do virtual visits. We have video visits on demand 24-7. I encourage people to seek those options for care to help reduce some of the stress on our emergency departments and staff. And most importantly, uh, we have lots of people coming to the hospital or the emergency department with their family members, and that puts additional workload on the staff that is already overtaxed. So when you come and you have to come to the emergency room, we want you to be there if it's necessary. If you're not severely ill, look at other options such as a clinic visit, a virtual visit, a video visit on demand, uh, and try to, to remember that we need to keep as few people in our facilities as possible to help protect those patients that are vo- most vulnerable. Excellent. Um, I can't say thank you enough for being here today to talk about this important subject. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Ken, and uh, Essential Health appreciates the opportunity to communicate with uh, the patients that we are uh, privileged to serve. Thanks. Thank you very much. Dr. Peter Henry is the Chief Medical Officer at Essentia Health. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus program is available anytime. You can find it right on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also find it on our free mobile app that's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.